So welcome to Hubbard Hall's Seen and Solved podcast. I'm Tim Pennington, Editor-in-Chief of FinishingEncoding.com. And today we're going to be talking with Larry Inslee, who is the Director of Technical Applications at Hubbard Hall. I'm Tim Pennington, and you're listening to Seen and Solved, brought to you by Hubbard Hall. Better results, less chemistry. Larry, thank you for stopping by today. Thank you, Tim. How are you? Great, great. Uh, manager, a director of technical applications. Tell me what that is. Uh, I know you kind of oversee the labs and all the technical service teams, but what does all that in, entail? Hello, Tim. Uh, I'm responsible for the rust preventative product line, which is Metal Guard, paint stripping product line, which is Aqua Strip. I have several technical service associates who work uh, for me, and they go out and troubleshoot and install new processes for our customers. Uh, and I'm responsible for those guys and the, uh, the work that they do. Great. So you mentioned Rust, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And, uh, you know, because I know that um, uh, it's, I, I call it the silent killer. Sometimes you don't know things are rusting or you don't know exactly where the rust is, but it is a problem. And uh, I know it's, it's got to be something that has to be prevented as much as possible because we're talking about parts that go through sometimes they'll go through three different facilities or they'll go through uh, uh, you know, different processes and, and rust forms. And it, it actually forms pretty easily, doesn't it, sometimes? Yes. Uh, rust occurs naturally in the atmosphere. It's something that you're fighting uh, Mother Nature at its best, and you're trying to prevent it, not to stop it. So. Right, right. Give me your background a little bit. You, Like I said, this is a new title you've had probably in the last year or two, I think it was, right? Uh, kind of moving up to director of technical applications. Give us a little brief view of uh, what all that you've done and seen on your years. I've been with the company 28 years. Uh, I started in manufacturing. I worked myself up through the technical group. I, I moved into the technical service application process, got out in the field, uh, worked with customers using our products, troubleshooting our products, helping them uh, through hard times, and uh, worked my way up through the group. And now I'm responsible for all technical service work in our, uh, in our industry. You say 28, 28 years? 28 years. 28 years. That's a lot. Wow. Congratulations to that. So you've seen a lot of these problems pop up, I know, and uh, and help solve them, which is why we're here today to talk about that. Uh, is it, I, I guess we could say rust is corrosion, correct? I mean, it's, correct. or, or, or correct. maybe not. Is it? It is corrosion. Rust is, rust is a naturally occurring uh, reaction between the air and moisture in the surface of metal. Uh, right. It's, it's an, uh, with steel is iron oxide. So you're, it's a naturally occurring reaction that you can't really stop, but you can prevent. Uh, or we can put a different process on top of it, which is more permanent to keep atmosphere, keep the air away from the surface of the part. Right, right. So let's talk about uh, some of the most common types of corrosions that, that's out there. Tell us about that. What are the most common types? Typically it's atmospheric corrosion. That's the most common type. It's uh, when metal is exposed to the, uh, the elements, we get moisture and air, and it starts a reaction that occurs immediately. Uh, you want to put put a barrier between the air and the surface of the metal to stop it from happening. Right. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's the, uh, that, that it, when you mentioned it, it, it starts almost automatically, and I've heard people talk about that. It almost starts within minutes, right? It's the minute it hits air, you're going to start seeing a reaction because you're talking about a chemical reaction, so to speak, right? And it's a term that we refer to called flash rust. Flash rust. When, when, when the atmospheres, when all the conditions are just right, flash rust occurs. Right. 
Yeah. And I know that in different parts of the country, it's more prevalent. Like I said, when you got human air, right? Florida, those types of places, right? I mean, they they deal with this a lot more yes. uh, through the Midwest, right? It, where you've got that wet coastal, air, basically. Coastal and humid environments like uh, the Deep South, um, uh, South America, um, in, in the Orient, much more humid environments are much more susceptible to rust. The drier elements in the, the, the Southwest, Arizona and such, are much less prevalent, uh, but rust will occur as, long as if you have any moisture and oxygen in the air. Right. And, and I've often heard, like I said, some shops and, and, and finishers cutters talk about, you know, when parts are shipped from one facility to another, you know, it could be two, three hours away or it could be, you know, overnight. That, that's when it's occurring, right? It's You're going to you're gonna get that. So a, a finisher, that's what we're talking to today, is that uh, that's, you know, these things can can happen magically. And, and then that, those problems occur if the facility is not trying to prevent it, correct? Correct. Correct. I mean, there are different different uh, levels of rust preventatives that you would would need in your process, uh, given if, if you're trying to prevent flash rust inside the facility, there's temporary RPs to get you from one process to the other. And if you're shipping across the country, there are long term rust preventatives that are easier to remove and go uh, further processing and, uh, and such. Yeah. So. You, you talked about rust prevention, so let's let's talk about that. What are some ways uh, that uh, you know that you know re- to reduce the corrosion from occurring? I mean, we're talking you know at the at the you know whether it was a facility that made the part or even a facility that's getting it ready to coat it. So, what are some ways to reduce this corrosion, which you know, like you mentioned, has already started? What are some ways to kind of reduce it from getting worse? Okay, um, we'll do it in stages. We. Okay. Here we call it classes of corrosion preventatives. We have temporary rust inhibitors, which are typically your water-based, uh, amine-based rust preventatives that you apply to the uh, the surface of the part after manufacturing, after uh, plating or phosphating. Uh, uh, your, your plating and paint customers, powder coating customers, they use a lot of in-process rust preventatives that are easily removed prior to powder coating, painting, or plating without contaminating the process. Those are water-based products. Uh, Typically, they last anywhere from two days to two weeks. Those are are your typical short-term in-process products. Then you get into your next class of products, what we call our soluble soluble oils or emulsified oils. Uh, And it's where you mix oils with water and you're going against everything, the mechanics of oil, oil and water typically split. So you form, you add emulsifiers to tie them together to make a, a, a longer term corrosion protection for, uh, let's say, 24 hours of salt spray protection to 72 hours of salt spray protection. That's, that's pretty typical for a soluble oil. Uh, it's, people would choose that because it's more fit or, or cheaper uh, or more economical, most mm-hmm. call it economical. You would right. um, be able to apply this to the part in a diluted form. You dilute it one part rust preventative to nine parts water, 10% up to 20%. And you can reduce your cost that way. The problem is it's uh, shorter life, shorter bath life. Contamination causes the emulsion to split and you have to replace the oil. So there are some drawbacks. Uh, but for somebody that needs an economical rest preventative, that's a, a, a good common use. The third cl- class of products is your water displacing uh, solvent-based rest preventatives. Gives you longer-term corrosion protection, um, anywhere from 100 to 200 hours. 
is your average, uh, what, what we're seeing. And uh, it's used as received. And it's, we call it water displacing because it does just that. If you put a wet part into a, uh, a, a solution of rust preventative, water displacing rust preventative, it pushes the water away from the surface, mm-hmm. displaces it to the bottom, and it can be drained from the tank. And that's the only maintenance. You just constantly replenish what is carried out on the part. So uh, those are the difference in the classes and, and what you can expect as far as performance. Right. So are all of those uh, applied the same way or, or what are the different, are there variations of how these can be applied or? Uh, water displacing products can be brushed on, sprayed on. The most efficient method is to um, immersion. You get 100% uh, s- surface contact. You have 100% water displacement. Uh, if you spray it, you may not displace all the water or moisture. And if we look at the soluble oils, typically those are always immersions. Uh, because you've got to build a uh, uh, dilute it with water, you have to heat it. You have to have agitation to make sure it stays in solution. So typically, those are immersion processes. Right. And the water-based temporary inhibitors can be sprayed, immersion, rushed on. Right. It's, and and what would determine which one you'd pick? I mean, it sounds like uh, you know most people, most shops would probably go for probably the most economical or <laughs> easiest way to do it. Especially, but but what what. What determines how these things should be applied? It's determined on how much rust protection you require mm-hmm. uh, and what your subsequent processes are. If it's an, a true in-process process, uh, product line, for instance, uh, let's say a pre-paint line where you're getting ready to powder coat or paint a part and you go through the iron phosphate process or the, or the zirconium process and you want to have protection until it gets to the paint line itself, they may add either a seal or a, a temporary RP to go um, after the part is made before it goes into that pre-paint process to keep it from rusting. And you don't want oil on the surface because oil, if it's carried into the pre-paint line, it starts to build up in your cleaner and then you start to apply it to your parts and you have paint failures. So mm-hmm. you're, the reason you would choose an in-process product based on a means because it, it doesn't cause any contamination issues on the surface of the part. It's easily removed. If we use a long-term, uh, let's, let's, for instance, if a customer is manufacturing tubing in Michigan and they ship it to Texas to be mm-hmm. uh, powder-coated or painted, you, you, you've got to choose. You've got to find a way to give longer-term corrosion protection without contaminating that pre-paint line. So right. there has to be a better cleaning process in between. If it's in-house, you you can shorten that uh, amount of protection needed. Right. Does that make sense? What I've said. It, it does. Yeah. Like I said, it, there's like well, it's just simply the variables that you got to look at. I, I didn't even know uh, you know whether part geometry even takes into it. Whether like I say if you've got you know downholes or, or enclosed parts, is that something that uh, you really can't see those? But um, part orientation or shape is that lends to the type of number one. Uh, process beforehand, if it's a wet part uh, mm-hmm. coming out of, uh, of a uh, aqueous environment, we have to displace the water on the surface of that, of that part. So immersion is typically your best option. And uh, if it's going to be, if it's a, a finished final product, you want the longest protection possible, you would go into a water displacing oil, displace mm-hmm. the water, pull it out, let it dry, and you put it, you package it or store it. If it's not finished, it's coming out of an aqueous environment and you want to go to a, a subsequent step, 
then you would use an in-process amine-based respiratory that will uh, give you temporary rust protection prior to that next step. You don't want to use oil between process steps. Right. So we, we spoke earlier about flash rust, and uh, I know that there's you know, probably people that can't even tell that things are starting to rust, uh, but it, it does occur very fast, right? It, 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 like you said, it starts immediately, but what is flash rust? What's occurring there right there? Flash rust, is, it's, what's happening is the surface of the metal, the iron on the surface of that metal mm-hmm. is reacting with air and water and it's forming uh, ferrous oxide. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's occurring. Right. It, 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 do some processes have a step where they're trying to dry the parts before they, right away, or are they just air dried or I don't know if they, they bake some of them or something? Uh, some parts, yes, yes. I've seen ovens used. I've seen air knives. Uh, I've seen halo rinses with RPs sprayed on the surface of the part if they don't have the ability to dry. Uh, there are other methods to try to get the moisture away from the surface. But if the part is super clean, the moisture in the air can still cause uh, corrosion on the surface of the part. Right. It kind of just curious. So what it seems to be the biggest, the, the number one culprit that that either a, a not a, a shop because they're getting sometimes they're getting it, like I said, from uh, you know a, a stamper or a, a machine tool shop. What what's the biggest mistakes that they're making? Is it they're they're the way they're storing them or uh, for parts, or is it how they're preparing them to be shipped that causes this rust? Where is it? Where's the kind of the the most prevalent errors that they're making on this? Choosing the wrong rest preventative and trying to cut cost after the part is finished. Um, <laughs> you spend all this money making and preparing a part and you try to save money on the rest preventative and you, mm. and you create corrosion where you could have, you could have prevented it. Uh, I see this a lot with um, one of the customers in particular um, mm-hmm. was they were using a soluble oil a 10% solution of an oil in mm. water and they were putting it on a hot cast iron part. Mm. The, uh, when the, when in the rest it cooled and it sealed water into the pores of the metal. Uh-huh. They packaged the part, they put it in a plastic right. bag, put it in a box and it on. Right. They created a humidity cabinet, open the right. part, it's flash rust. They forgot rust. And we re- we corrected that by eliminating water from the process completely. We went to a water displacing oil, which was more expensive. I mean, it was ten times more expensive. Mm. But we eliminated one hundred percent of their rust. Uh, there's five plus years of, of data to prove that we've eliminated their rust right. problem. So you said the most expensive. You're talking about the chemistry is more expensive, but you were eliminating a problem, right? Um, eliminating a problem one hundred percent, which was probably a, a cheaper solution, right? I mean, than having to have parts reworked or or, or other right. issues, but, right? How that? the discussion with the customer and when he told me he said it's 10 times more expensive i said but you've got 100 failure i said you can't you cannot afford to continue to run parts over and over and never get them and never be comfortable putting in a package and 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 you have one time to make a first impression right and when the customer right. opens that box up if he finds a rusty part your your odds of getting that customer back is not good Right, exactly. Yeah, that, like I said, it, and uh, and it's so you know, it's funny you mentioned that, is that, that. So most people, because of cost, even though it's probably going to cost them more uh, with that, or, or what are the, what are the reasons? There's a lot of it just not just being ignorant to the fact that they can be putting this on and 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 uh, putting the rust preventive on. 
it may be lack of awareness of what's available. Mm-hmm. Or it just may be the fact that they're just so cost conscious that they they don't look at the big picture. They don't look at right. the on down the road. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So sometimes when you go, say, to a, uh, uh, I guess, I guess to a finisher who's, who's talking about rust issues, do you often have to go back to the make, maker of that part and, and address it with them? Or is it just, uh, you know, putting it on when it when it's leaving their facility? Do you also have to go up the food chain a little bit to, to, to talk to them? Or how does that sometimes work? Yes, <laughs> lack of a better answer. <laughs> yes. is that a, I guess that's a, an uneasy conversation to have sometimes, right? It, it is an uneasy conver- conversation to have, but typically if somebody's having trouble after processing, after customer has received this and they're having complaints, it's much easier to, com- to convince them. If they're not seeing the rust, if they're not seeing the prevention up front and the cost savings that we can provide by doing it right the first time. And uh, it's it's a little harder conversation, but you do that with proof. We do that with uh, case studies. We do that with uh, salt spray uh, uh, testing. Uh, Just uh, we try to prove it with data. Right. Right. So a couple years ago, you all came out with, I remember writing about the metal guard. How many years ago did that, that line come out? Was that, 20 metal guard's been around for 20 plus years now 20 plus years now right okay um and i know you guys get variations of the product right you've got different variations so what determines uh you know what what it is that you're going to use you're going to recommend those to be used on what are the variables that you would look at before recommending which metal guard you're going to recommend well the first thing and i'll delve a little deeper the first uh, if they're, if it's an in-process product, if, if we're doing this in-process, we just need one or two days protection prior to. What, is, what does that mean in pro- what you're talking about? If the part is being manufactured in one area of the area of the plant, assembled or manufactured and being moved to a plating line, paint line or, or a powder coating line, um, and they just need a few days protection, we're going to look at a 800 series, uh, one of our 800 series metal guards right. uh, for temporary rust inhibition that will not contaminate post-processing such as paint, plating, or powder coating. That's, that's, that's how I would choose one. If we, if the customer desires a, a soluble oil, uh, that they, they're just cost conscious and, and they want to use a soluble oil, uh, on the surface of the part. And there are good reasons for this. Some people do this for, uh, uh, there's, uh, for lack of a better term, there's a smoke test on certain parts on uh, small engines and a lot of people in small engine markets use soluble oils because the water evaporates and the film left behind doesn't smoke when you start the engines up uh, which is very important uh, that's so i would find out if that's their their driver why, why are they right. choosing a soluble oil? and i would recommend uh one of our products if it's a final rust preventative then you determine for instance our our metal guard 400 and 500 series products I would uh, find out exactly what the, what are they looking for? What what film is it going to be dry to touch? Is it going to be oily? Is it going to be best corrosion prevention possible? Uh, uh, you, you determine what what's their driving factor. What do they want from this process? Uh, what what finish do they want on the part afterwards? And right. then we make the recommendations. Right. Yeah. So like you said, you kind of get all those variables. That, and I'm sure you get this question a lot. Was they'll say, well, which is the best one? Right. And then you go back and then you go back to square one with them again. Right. right? Of going through uh, the, the checklist and the rundown again. If you want the very best corrosion possible from our product line, I'm going to recommend Metal Guard 560 
because it gives you up to 200 hours rust protection over black oxide. But right. if you want the best corrosion possible with a dry, the driest finish, if we start trying to find our, our happy medium, we go down to the 500 metal guard 480. If you want the very driest finish possible on a rust after a water displacing oil, metal guard 450. But you have to, the customer has to understand if they start reducing the, the film left on the part, you reduce the corrosion protection. So we have to find a happy medium. Right. Right. I, I remember a, a couple of years ago, we, you and I were talking about a, a customer of yours that was, um, and this kind of surprised me. They were, uh, they were, you know, doing everything, finishing the parts, but put, then putting it in a plastic seal, then putting it in a box and shipping it out. So where was that rust? Where was it occurring? I guess because of the bag, right? The, the bag that was being sealed in. But why was that occurring? You would think that with all that, the treatment of the surface finish, that it would have prevented that though. Yes. Yes, that's the uh, the process we discussed with the water being trapped inside mm -hmm. the part. It was a, right. a, 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 a water emulsifiable oil, a soluble oil. And when the part cooled, it trapped the moisture inside the pores of the metal. And then you wrap it inside of a bag and you seal this moisture in a bag. Uh, and so you've created a humidity chamber. You've sealed oxygen in the bag. You've sealed moisture in the bag. You've created a chamber that's going to create corrosion. <laughs> that's what was happening. Right. Kind of little, your own little salt spray test, I think. Something exactly. like that was happening. Right, yeah. right, right in there with that. So, uh, you know, I mean, where do you, give me some examples. Where do, where do you also, have you guys seen a lot of where rust will start? Like you said, it surprised me when you said uh, in the process, meaning it's on one side of the factory, it gets done. Of course, it's not shipped immediately to the other side, you know, probably, mm -hmm. you know, eight, nine hundred thousand feet away, but it sits for a while. Uh, and, and these facilities are not always, you know, climate controlled, but so it'll start right there, even before it gets across the floor, correct? Tooling industries, uh, you think about the tooling industry, the, the sockets, the wrenches, uh, they're, they're manufactured on one side of the plant and they're put in these large bins ready to go to the next step, which is typically a plating line. Plating lines are known to be acidic. The environment's very right. acidic. I mean, uh, you, the, you can only do so much with that with the ventilation and such an atmosphere exchange. You still have an acid environment at a plating line. Well, if you put a bare steel part beside a plating line and let it sit there for a few days, you're going to create corrosion. And what we do to prevent that is we add a product called Metal Guard 800D, which is a, uh, a water-based rust inhibitor based on a means, and it gives you up to 72 hours protection stored next to a plating line. That's right. And you mentioned something earlier, I it kind of probably said you can apply rust preventative and it won't affect the application of the paint or the powder or the finish. Is that right? There is if, you choose the right if you choose the right product, correct. Correct. Um, now, I want to, I'll preface that by saying it depends on where we apply the rust preventative. If we are using an in-process Metal Guard 800 series product prior to the pre-paint line where it goes through the five-stage process with the cleaning line, the rinse, the, the phosphate or zirconium, the rinse and the seal. If you apply the rust preventative before it goes there, your cleaner is going to remove it and there will be no adhesion issues. Some customers decide that they want to use a, a rust preventative after applying the, uh, it typically it's like these large spray wand processes where they're doing these huge parts with a, a manual high pressure one and they apply either zirconium or, or iron phosphate. When they finish that, 
they will cover it with an unprocessed rust preventative called Metal Guard 850 at a reduced concentration, and you can paint over it and not lose adhesion. Right, right, yeah. I was going to say, it. Uh, uh, like I said, it, I guess it is really just, like I said, troubleshooting where it's beginning, how to get it, and, and looking really at, at all the processes that it's going to go through uh, to yes. see where the part goes from A to B, C to D, E, to, to find out exactly which which ones to run with that. What is it, What do you think are some common mistakes that people make? Just I know we talked about you know, wanting to save money. Um, but what are some common mistakes that people make that you see that really causes them problems for, for causing rust? I mean, is there a few that kind of sticks out? Um, there are a few. Uh, it's hard. It's one of the biggest problems. Customers, if, if a little bit is good, more must be better. Right. More must be better. Absolutely. You got to. And that's not always the truth. Like making chili, I guess. Right. It's like, more, more seasoning will make it much better. More seasoning makes it better. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's, that's one, uh, one example. I mean, you, you see a lot of customers using it, your in-process products too heavy, too, too concentrated. The, the people that are trying to reduce costs and run it more economically, uh, they will, especially on the soluble oils, will sacrifice rinse waters. Uh, they, they will reduce the amount of rinse in between your process steps and contaminate your, your soluble oil with a high alkaline or high acid acid product and cause the emulsion to split. That's a common common occurrence. And the other one is just failure to do maintenance on a water displacing product, which is right. drain the water off the bottom. Just get the water right. out of the product and it will last indefinitely. I mean, right. I, I have a customer with a bath that was over 15 years old and they did maintenance daily. I mean, and right. the battle, and it lasted for that reason. It paid for itself. Right, right. Uh, as we wrap up here, let's let's talk about just a few things we want people to remember about this for, with rust prevention. The thing I heard from you, uh, and you can add some more, was one: you know, look at the ROI with this. It's going to be you're going to pay for the rust prevention, but it will. It sounds like it will save other costs, right? Bigger costs down the Much road. Better. It seems yes. right. Uh, what are some other things that, that people should be remembering about that? Of, of making sure that they're using the right kind, correct? Make sure you choose the right, the correct rust preventative for the job. Uh, right. if, if just because you have an oil on hand beside you and your and you process these parts and you you're going to store them in your warehouse prior to being painted, you've got to understand that if you continue to drag oil into a pre-paint line, it's going to eventually be spraying oil on the part instead of cleaner. And then you're going to have paint adhesion. So choose the right product for the process. Um, don't don't try to skimp on um, on, on cost. Uh, corrosion You've done all the work up front. Make sure that you put the right rust preventative on it to give the right, right protection, so that you don't have to do this. Up. You you don't want to create scrap, or you don't have to do rework. Um, right. That uh, those are some of the biggest issues. And do the maintenance. The maintenance on a rust preventative tanks are very simple. And it's something that shouldn't be skipped. It's something right. that's very important. Right. And also follow directions. <laughs> follow. follow directions. And with that, I want to thank you, Larry Inslee, the Director of Technical Applications at Hubbard Hall, for joining us today. And you can join us again on Hubbard Hall's Seen and Solved. Thank you, Tim. Seen and Solved is brought to you by Hubbard Hall. Better results, less chemistry. For more podcasts, go to HubbardHall.com or wherever you get your podcasts.